Hey, everybody. Welcome in to another edition of Future Brew right here on maizeandbrew.com. I am Vaughn Lozon. Joining me today, as always, John Simmons and Stephen Ostentoski. Boys, it was another disappointing Michigan football weekend here. Uh, but you know what? We're, we've got some big news to talk about uh, on the basketball side of things. So we're not even going to dwell on the loss this past weekend. So we're just going full steam ahead into hoops. We'll talk some football recruiting later, uh, but for now, I just want to get to uh, the basketball side of things because Juwan Howard has really been uh, doing a phenomenal job uh, given the circumstances of the ending to the 2020 class and uh, kind of started off a little slow in 21, but I mean, he's pretty much got his entire class in the fold at this point with all six commits with the latest addition dropping today, a very surprising commitment here. I did not see this one coming whatsoever, and none of the other uh, recruiting experts did either. Musa Diabate is the latest commitment to join the fold here. He's the number 20 overall player on the composite on 24-7. Uh, number two in the state of Florida, he plays at IMG Academy. And uh, the number six overall, they got him listed as a power forward. So number six overall power forward. But you would imagine that he would probably play uh, the five position in Ann Arbor. Uh, obviously, Juwan trying to go positionless basketball. But uh, for all intents and purposes, uh, he is going to be the big of the 21 class. So, John, I just want to toss it to you. Uh, what was your initial reaction when he committed? Because, like I said, I was very thrown off by this. And the way that I found out about this is uh, a tweet that Anthony Broom, our team lead here at maizeandbrew.com, he tagged me in it. And uh, he, he uh, alerted me and it buzzed my phone. I saw it and I was just shocked. I, I sat there and I was like, wow, I did not see this coming at all. Where were you at with all of that, John? Yeah, I was completely surprised as too, like everyone else. I first heard it when Steven sent it to our group when we we're planning the podcast for today. <laughs> um, so he helped me out there. But yeah, I don't think he was considered one of the top guys that uh, Michigan was looking for at the center position, at least like in terms of likelihood that he would commit to Michigan. I think guys like Efton Reed were kind of seen as uh, more likely candidates. So it's nice to get a genuine shock that a, you know, five-star kid is going to come out of nowhere and uh, commit to Michigan like that. I kind of liken it to the football side of Brandon Jennings committing out of nowhere, just a top 100 guy that, mm -hmm. you know, just accelerates his commitment and all of a sudden he's in the class, but it's even, you know, he's ranked even higher uh, uh, he is. So it's going to be even better for Michigan's number one class now. It kind of solidifies their ranking, you know, when more schools are going to add their, you know, Kentucky and Duke are going to get their kids in the class and, you know, they might mm -hmm. very well end up passing Michigan, but I think it solidifies Michigan as a top five class at the very least. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Two five stars and a bunch of other really highly regarded prospects in this class. I think they're pretty much bound for a top five, if not higher uh, top recruiting class than that in 21 and pretty much uh, eliminate some of the other centers from contention for this class. Obviously uh, the number two overall player in the class, Chet Holmgren, he was always kind of uh, going to be a, a guy that uh, it was going to take a lot for him to come to Ann Arbor. So you can pretty much eliminate him from the list. You already mentioned Efton Reed, uh, who also attends 
IMG Academy there, and then Charles Bediaco being the other big that Michigan was uh, recruiting there. Uh, it looks like he's probably bound for Alabama at this point. But, Stephen, I want to turn it to you because uh, you had the opportunity to, to watch some of his uh, tape uh, after he had uh, dropped his commitment. What do you think of him as a prospect, and where, where do you think he can improve upon before he reaches college? Yeah, I think the first thing that stands out is he's he's still kind of catching up to it to his athleticism. Obviously, at six nine, six ten, he's uh, physically imposing, and he's starting to figure out uh, kind of his his ball handling skills, and that's unlocking a lot of his potential on offense. Um, when I started watching his film, and I do it when I watch football film as well, I try to look for like the single eye opening play, or like what's the play that really shows off most of his abilities and like, why is he a five-star kind of that kind of play. And the one for me is uh, it was probably about a minute into his film. He's on the perimeter, does a shot fake, gets a, it's another, I think either a four-star or five-star he's playing against at this tournament, um, gets him to jump, drives the lane and then dumps off like a no look pass to someone uh, on the block down in the key. And it was just like, okay, this is a six, nine, six, 10 guy who can threaten the outside has enough speed and ball handling to get into the lane and then enough vision to drop off a pass to a teammate in the lane as he attracts more uh, defenders. So that was kind of like, and, and there were examples of that throughout, but um, his passing ability, I think at that size um, really makes him an intriguing prospect. He's, I wouldn't say he has like the crazy, you know, Zion Williamson level of dunks, but he can get up there. I mean, he's, he's, uh, a rim protector as well. Uh, lots of blocks on his film, and he shows to be not only a willing but but really aggressive uh, defender. Um, so in terms of like early playing time, I think that's usually the limiting factor of how many minutes you get. And uh, he at least shows the willingness there. And I saw a lot of things I liked um, at that frame. And he has long arms too. So it, it, it's you know it goes beyond just being six nine six ten. So. I mean, where Juwan Howard wants to play him, if he can keep developing those ball handling skills and um, that, that court vision to enable his passing to translate to the college level, I mean, you could even stick him at a three. Um, I think he's, you know, more of a stretch four. So if you just want to get really crazy and you have other guys, um, I know Michigan has, has three power forwards officially in the 2021 class. So, um, you know, you can get crazy with, with this class, with, with all the different um, – levels of athleticism that that this guy brings so i the best thing about his shot i I wasn't able to track down his shooting stats but it's a clean uh shooting form so not a whole lot of mechanics to clean up there uh it's more something that he just has to shoot well enough on the perimeter uh to attract attention and that just brings so much room for uh for other players and also his you know dribbling ability that he uh exhibited is already at a at least a decent level and i expect that to improve as he kind of gets his athleticism uh and taps into more of the basketball skill more translating that uh athleticism overall so really intriguing guy yeah i think the main point here uh, that I really like about this pickup is, and, and this could be pretty much said about any of the center prospects that Juwan Howard was going after is they're all athletic guys. They're not just rim defenders. They're not just guys that are just going to get rebounds. They're going to be able to stretch the f- floor a little bit, be able to make a nice shot from the perimeter when necessary. Uh, he's going to be 
able to do some very nice things. Uh, and not, he's not just a one trick pony kind of uh, forward uh, slash center prospect. So I really do uh, appreciate the fact that he's able to do a lot of different things, uh, whether he's got the ball in his hand or not, uh, he's going to be able to do quite a bit here. It sounds like so uh, Jerry Meyer over at 24 seven, the director of basketball scouting, uh, he evaluated him and said that uh, he's an energetic athlete who plays with aggression and a competitive edge. He thrives on contact and has an unorthodox style that is physically intimidating. So that, that really goes to show how uh, different and versatile he can be. Uh, he, he goes on to say that he's a high-level rebounder who goes out of his area to pursue the ball. A very limited shooting range, which I thought was kind of surprising, um, but not uncomfortable with the ball, but not a playmaker. So those are the few uh, little nicks in his uh, game that, that he gives uh, Diabate. So a uh, very talented kid, had a bunch of other offers uh, from high, uh, high, highly, not only just academic schools, but also high basketball schools as well. Obviously, Michigan being the top of that list, but uh, Alabama, Florida State was another big one. Illinois, Kentucky, Maryland, and uh, Texas Tech oh, were just a few of the ones that stood out for me. Uh, so he was a heavily wanted kid, and uh, it, it seemed like this one was uh, under wraps for a little bit. It didn't really seem like not, uh, like many people knew about it. It was probably just uh, Diabate, his family, and, and some of the coaches at Michigan that knew about it because uh, even some of these recruiting experts were thrown off by this commitment, um, as we all were uh, today when this happened. So uh, really good pickup for Michigan. I really like uh, where this class is going. They still retain the number one overall class in 21. And uh, I would imagine that they probably keep the number one ranking for a while, uh, unless a school like Duke or Kentucky, perhaps uh, land a few more of these really high five-star guys. But uh, the class at the moment, you got Caleb Houston as your uh, uh, number one ranked player, number eight overall uh, power forward from Monteverde, Florida. And then Diabate clocks in at number 20 overall. Frankie Collins, a point guard at number 59. Kobe Bufkin, the shooting guard in state from Grand Rapids is number 64. Isaiah Barnes uh, is the small forward uh, listed here in the class, kind of like a versatile wing prospect who can uh, – cover and play a few positions here and he's from Chicago. He's number 115. And then your lone three star in the class is Will Cheddar from Minnesota power forward six, eight. So a uh, pretty well-rounded class. I'll throw it back to you real quick, John. Uh, the way that Jawan Howard has really built this class from the ground up, he started off with those guys, Barnes and Cheddar, uh, the two lowest ranked guys in the class. And then he's able to round it out with uh, two nice guard prospects, a big, and then Caleb Houston, uh, the most talented player uh, of the bunch. Really like what Jawan Howard has done with this class and where it could go moving forward. Yeah, I really like the composition of the class with how the, the prospects kind of span the recruiting rankings. You got the top two five-star guys who maybe will be here a year or two. Um, then uh, the lower mid-50s, 60s players that could be the, the guys you build on three, two, three, four years in the program that will provide leadership. And then the developmental guys uh, with Cheddar and Barnes and kind of see where they end up after a few years in the program and Cam Sanderson. And I think it's kind of the, the best formula to have to build a championship winning program in the NCAA kind of similar to what Virginia and Villanova I think have unlocked you know the the blue buds like Kentucky and uh Kansas and Duke whatever just you know get five top 10 players in their class 
uh, every year, it seems like, but uh, they're not consistently winning championships as much as the other guys that can have the players that stick around and don't have as much roster turnover every year. So I think this approach has been uh, shown to work really well for other schools. And I think Joan Howard can parlay into a lot of success in the tournament. I totally agree. Steven, I'll give you the final word here for the segment. Yeah, I have a quick trivia question for you guys. Caleb Houston and Musa Dibate are two of the top three Michigan recruits of all time in mm-hmm. the rankings since 2000. Who is the other non-2021 class recruit that is in that top three? I think I know the answer, but I'll, I'll let John answer it. Um, do, you, do you know who it is, John? If not, I'll answer it. I think it's Glenn Robinson. That's what I was going to say too. Yep. You got it. And and going, and going off of that, kind of what John was saying too. uh, I mean, four of the guys from the 2021 class would rank in the top 20 of all time of Michigan's commits since 2000. So that's four guys in a single class that are already within the top 20 in the program in the past uh, two decades. So that's, yeah. That's telling you something. And I think the, the thing I like most about both Caleb Houston and Musa Diabate, um, they're coming a class after Hunter Dickinson. And Hunter Dickinson is obviously a, a burlier fellow who's clearly a, a five. And he's yep. going to be a guy after a year who has some time in the program. He's going to be more of your traditional five. You get a lot of options there to surround him with also length that's maybe a little bit more versatile. So that'll give – a lot of room for Hunter Dickinson to work in the middle as well. And then you can also have your, uh, you know, those, those super athletic uh, power forward, those stretch power forwards move down to a five. If you're uh, running into an opponent with similar guys at that position. So it just offers a ton of versatility. A hundred percent. So good trivia, by the way, I, uh, uh, I guess we're all uh, toned up here on our uh, trivia. Uh, so <laughs> we'll c- come back next week for more Steven Ostentoski trivia recruiting. I'll right to give you a tougher one next time. Room. Yeah. Yeah. Do some research and uh, we'll, we'll make this a, a weekly thing. So oh, I, okay. I appreciate that. But, uh, <laughs> but Hey, I'll, real quick, before we move on, I want to talk about uh, our latest sponsor here on Amazing Brew Podcast here. And that is Homefield. Uh, again, a brand new sponsor here and they just rolled out. Uh, they're Michigan Apparel. They are a premium collegiate apparel brand. They are out of Indianapolis, so you can imagine uh, they roll out the Michigan uh, brand here uh, the week that Indiana beats U of M on the football field. But that doesn't matter because they have very comfortable stuff. You can get crewnecks, T-shirts, whatever you need. And I would imagine, uh, like John and Steven and myself, you're probably looking for some Christmas gifts or holiday gifts for your family. If you're looking for something uh, maize and blue related, definitely go to Homefield and definitely use the promo code MNB. When you check out, you'll get 20% off that first purchase. Again, just the letters MNB when you go to checkout. You get 20% off that first purchase. And I've been looking at their website and they've got some really good stuff. I haven't had the chance to get anything shipped to my place yet, but you can bet that I'm going to definitely be ordering some CMU swag. They've got some central Michigan stuff too. And they've got stuff from all over the country. So if you're not a Michigan fan by chance, perhaps you like Florida state or Tulane, Pitt, who knows Hawaii. They've got tons of stuff, tons of brands from your favorite college uh, colleges. And uh, it's apparently 
top-notch stuff. I cannot wait for my shipment to get uh, to my place, and I will definitely let you know how all of this goes. But go to homefieldapparel.com today. Again, last time, I can't stress this enough. First purchase, 20% off, promo code MNB. You won't regret it. All right, welcome back. Well, hey, uh, it was a lot of fun to talk about basketball in our first segment here. I don't think we've done that in a long time, but we're going to shift over to football. And we've got a pretty big weekend coming up here for some of the recruits. But real quick, I just want to talk about uh, the 2021 development here for defensive tackle, Rashawn Benny. Uh, This was the other big commitment news of today. Unfortunately, it did not go U of M's way here like it did for Diabate for the basketball program. Rayshon Benny, uh, in-state D-tackle from Oak Park, committed to Michigan State uh, earlier today uh, as of this recording. Uh, again, four-star in-state guy. Uh, real big loss for Sean Nua, Jim Harbaugh, and those guys in Ann Arbor. So they pretty much got to shift all their attention to George Rooks at this point for the defensive tackle uh, recruits at 2021. John, I, I can't stress this enough. This is a huge loss. They had it in the palm of their hands, and then they lost to State, and it seems like that's what ultimately led Benny to commit to Mel Tucker and Michigan State. Yeah, in-state guided huge position of need. It's devastating to, to their class. There's not that many other options that they can turn to. You got George Rooks, but no one's really heard from him in a while uh and then at least penn state is also looking bad as their other finalists but it's just not a great look to lose uh the top guy on your board to another school in your state that you've uh shouldn't have lost to in the first place and we're all set to to have in your class before the the debacle that the season has been started so uh yeah it's tough to bounce back from uh michigan's gonna have to start looking probably reach down their board even more try to find new kids to add to the class because you just can't go another year without getting a solid defensive tackle that uh, can play without having to wait, you know, two, three years to reshape their body. Uh, Michigan could use some reinforcements uh, in the upcoming season. So they're going to have to find somebody. Steven, you've been talking for a real long time about how Michigan needs at least one, if not more, defensive tackles in this 21 class. The D tackles for the current team, they really just have not been getting pressure on opposing quarterbacks. We've seen it this past weekend. We saw it against Michigan State. Uh, There was some pressure from the D tackles in that first game against Minnesota, but Overall, it's been a, a very underwhelming performance from the current defensive tackles on the team. Uh, this is just another huge loss for the program. And if they don't land George Rooks, major yikes. Yeah, I mean, that, that becomes like a what we thought to be like a nice to have with how Benny was uh, tracking earlier this fall, like September, October even. Um, so that it becomes just a must have. And it, it's terrifying because I've been trying to find anything I can about uh, Rooks and it's definitely just a a quieter recruitment overall. So luckily Penn State is also struggling, which is high on his list. Um, I know he has Pitt as well. So yeah, it just becomes a a must must need. I think it was interesting with Benny's announcement today. He said said that the decision was made in his mind before the Michigan-Michigan State game. So, you know, read into that what what you might. I'm sure it didn't hurt Michigan State's chances there, you know, but um, it sounded like a thing where 
he was already kind of swayed uh, one way before that game. Um, I don't know, man. It's, it's tough because uh, he was asked what major he wants to do. And he said business. So you look at Michigan top business school in the country, how they couldn't uh, position that a little bit better. Uh, it's hard to reconcile in my mind, um, profiting off the image and likeness aspect that Michigan state was apparently winning on late. Uh, how do you not point to Michigan's player base? So it's one of two things for me, either uh, a complete miss from the staff and a failure to push those things that uh, are seemingly high on, on Benny's list there for, you know, business school, image and likeness, the brand that Michigan brings, um, or it was a recruit that was really never going to Michigan. You know, those things um, add those two things that Michigan has going for them. And then, like you were mentioning, the clear uh, the roster need for interior defensive tackles that, you know, John was saying for, you know, give a year or two and he'll be there. Um, you know, that was, that's there for Michigan as well, even if other positions aren't as open uh, as Michigan State. Defensive tackle, that, that's definitely one that Michigan can provide. So, so I don't know. I don't, it's hard to say one way or the other if it was, you know, a complete miss or just a, a cultural fit or a relationship fit better for Michigan State here. But, um, yeah, all in on Rooks. Send him, the, uh, send him the battalion. If you can get the group visiting next week and just ship them off to a George Rooks game. I don't even know if he's playing, but <laughs> get them to visit there. And, no, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It, that, it becomes a must need, honestly, at this point. Well, it's a good transition here for you, Stephen, because that's what we're going to talk about next is uh, these kids that are going to be on campus this upcoming weekend for the Wisconsin game. And luckily, the game, it sounds like, is still going to be played. So these kids aren't just going to be meeting up and just hanging out, doing nothing. They're going to be able to watch the game, uh, assuming that, uh, you know, knock on wood, there aren't any spikes in COVID cases at U of M or Wisconsin from now until then. Uh, But there's going to be a lot of really important prospects on campus this weekend. And unfortunately, George Rooks, at least as of right now, reportedly is not one of them. However, one of the uncommitted prospects in 21 that is coming, uh, who we've been talking about for quite some time is Sierra Wright. And uh, <laughs> Stephen, we had someone in our, uh, in our notifications on Twitter uh, saying that we've been pronouncing his name wrong. And I reached out to him and he said that it is C air and uh, that's how you pronounce it. So I'm going to be saying it right for now on C air. Um, so Sierra Wright, uh, obviously top hundred prospect, six, one, one seventy five cornerback from LA uh, really important here. Uh, they need another cornerback or two, just like a D tackles. They need another guy or two there. Uh, but John, uh, really important that he's coming to Ann Arbor because this is the first time at U of M. So this is a big step forward here. Yeah, this is always the major milestone for Wright's uh, recruitment that needed to happen if Michigan was going to eventually get his signature and signing day. So uh, the fact that he's still making it out there across the country is, is big news uh, for the staff, even if he can't meet with them or uh, be at the game. Uh, but there's going to be a lot of uh, other, you know, Michigan uh, commits and their families on campus that can help, you know, create a great atmosphere for him and, you know, talk about what their plans are for the class and how they would work together uh, well on the field and off the field. So I think that's going to be great. There's going to be a lot of, good defensive back talent there as well. So if they want to create a little version of their no-fly zone, like Michigan State earlier in the the decade, that would be nice uh, if some sort of pack could be formed. So 
we'll see how that works out. Uh, but I think it's it's definitely a good step for sure. Yeah, it, it definitely would be good if he were able to uh, to commit. And I had actually also reached out to Omarion Cooper, the other uh, four-star cornerback in this class that they're still pursuing. I was asking if he was going to go to uh, Ann Arbor for this trip as well. And he said that uh, he had talked with some uh, of the recruits that are going, and he doesn't know many of the details about it yet. So he wasn't entirely sure the last time I checked. Uh, but we'll, we'll definitely see how that develops, and we'll see if he ends up getting on campus too. Uh, that would be uh, another very important recruit to get on campus here. But, Stephen, I'll just uh, toss it over to you, just cornerbacks in general. Uh, with the way that things have been going with the corners on Michigan's current team this year, I, I, I'm fully in the camp that they need two more, and Cooper and, and Sierra Wright would be uh, probably two of the best ones that you could go out and get. Yeah, and I think it doesn't hurt also you'd have Will Johnson there uh, on, on campus as well as a part of that visit. So I think with the committed guys on, on that um, get-together as well, you, you got to point at the cornerbacks, you know, if there's any misplays against Wisconsin and say, hey, look at this, you know, look at this depth chart, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, look how much you can provide almost immediately, you know, if not in year one, surely year two. Um, and, and you're right, I think that just needs to be – the approach, right? Because I, there's no real other approach you, you can take. I do think Jamin Green, I think for like Will Johnson, you know, he's a 6'3 cornerback. I think you look at Jamin Green and, and I think he's got a lot of potential at that position. And he's, I would say the the bright spot, maybe lone bright spot you could point to at cornerback where a guy, um, you know, needed some time to get coached up into a cornerback. And you can point at Will Johnson saying, hey, look at you're, you're the same frame here. Look how much uh, they value their, their taller corners and you can, you can get in there immediately. So that's the only angle that I, I really see. And I would expect the other commits to point to that if, if things um, continue to go how they have gone for the defensive backs, at least in this year. So, I, I mean, again, it's similar with defensive tackle. Uh, you can't take enough of them right now. And if you can get some in 21 with Wright or Cooper, um, you know, if not push hard for uh, the guys like Will Johnson and again, get 12 per class at this point. <laughs> and that's my, that's my take, but, but no, I mean, it's great. Great to have all that talent and a good mix of uncommitted and committed guys. And hopefully Michigan can put on a, a decent show. Uh, first up, let's make sure the, uh, the game happens, but yeah, but yeah I think, I think it's, it's, we, we said before unique experience and um you know, I think it's it's only good things. Well, you mentioned Will Johnson. He's going to be on campus as well. So, yeah, like you said, I I agree. I, th- I think the commits that are going to be uh, also in Ann Arbor this weekend, guys like J.J. McCarthy, uh, Jaden McBurrows, Jaden Hood, Xavier Worthy is going to be back. Uh, Tristan Bounds is supposed to be back as well. Uh, a- Andrell Anthony, I would imagine, would probably be on campus as well. I believe TJ Guy is also going to be on campus too. I would imagine these commits are probably going to be talking to guys like Will Johnson, guys like Domani Jackson, who's going to be on campus, the number three overall player in the 22 class, the number one corner, and guys like Isaac Thompson, who's also going to be on campus, cornerback 6'1". Uh, he's the 146th overall player. Uh, in the 22 class, I would imagine that they're pushing that angle of, Hey, if you commit to Michigan, you have a very real chance of playing early and starting early. And I think that's the angle that they just need to continue to hit. And honestly, if I were guys like Mike Zordich, Don Brown, uh, Jim Harbaugh, I would be pushing that angle as well. 
uh, that these guys are so highly talented, uh, elite level guys that they would be able to participate right away. They wouldn't be sitting the bench like Jamon Green has been the last three years and he finally gets the chance to start. And the only reason that he's starting now is because Ambry Thomas bolted early for the NFL draft and for him to prepare for the NFL draft. Otherwise, we probably wouldn't have seen much of Green uh, this season, uh, if at all. So I would imagine that uh, that would be the angle taken and uh, they should just run with it, uh, if I'm being quite honest. I don't know how you feel about this, John, but with these elite-level cornerbacks coming on campus, that's just got to be – you just got to be aggressive with it. Oh, yeah. These, both Johnson and Jackson could probably be starters next week if they wanted to be with how Michigan's defensive backs have played so far. And I think that's going to be – that's just what you have to do when your your players aren't performing well as a program. That's just the pitch that a lot of – uh, programs will give them. You can you have an opportunity for lots of playing time early on in your career. So uh, these guys could probably start at a lot of programs too. But going to you know a blue blood like Michigan with a lot of resources and big time schedule, I think gives them a good combination and an angle that the Michigan uh, coaches should be working on uh, them as much as they can. Uh, they have the good results in the draft, not as many like you know top. Uh, 10 picks first round guys like maybe Ohio state does, but they do have a good history there. Um, so they've developed in the past with guys um, who are even lower ranked than they were still top 100, but not quite the, the five-star guys that they are. So uh, I think that they, they've proven that they can get guys to the league and uh, coach them up pretty well. So it's going to be, they made it a lot harder for themselves after the first three games, but I think they still have uh, plenty of bullets left in the chamber to, to use in these recruitments. Well, let's end on a note that I will deem as a relatively high one, just because Michigan was in on his recruitment very early and he's from the state of Michigan. All five crystal balls are in for Michigan right now. That's Joshua Burnham. And uh, he's a 22 linebacker from Traverse City, number 129 overall, the number three player in the state of Michigan. And since Michigan offered him and all these crystal balls came in for Michigan, he's been getting a lot of other really good offers. He landed the Alabama offer. He's got one from Ohio State, Notre Dame, Wisconsin, Michigan State. So he's getting some really good offers, Stephen. And this is a guy that I'm actually really high on. I could see him thriving in a few different roles in Michigan's defense. But with him being 6'4", 215, I think the Sam linebacker position is probably in his future if he commits to Michigan. Uh, but regardless of uh, potential positions, that guy's not even committed yet, so I shouldn't jump ahead here, but uh, just thinking ahead. But uh, a very highly talented kid. He's been to uh, Michigan several times, and this will just be another return trip for him uh, with, all, again, all the crystal balls in line. Uh, things are continuing to look pretty good for U of M's chances. Yeah. Um, the thing that stands out most to him is he's 6'4", 215, but he – he moves a little bit more like a safety than like a linebacker where it's like, he's just a large man who I, I want in space where I don't think a lot of like, there are some other linebackers. I think Michigan has had that uh, you kind of see them uh, more in that pass rushing mold, or you, you see them eventually growing where he's one that I think is viable uh, to be um, kind of like a Josh Ross type, despite his height. So, uh, you know, I know his, his high school film is, um, Michigan high school, it's not, you know, the 
upper echelon of, of high school talent, but I really like his, his film operating in space. He has um, seemingly some pretty decent skills in pass coverage as well. Good hands. So uh, yeah, he, he seems more like a, a linebacker that happens to be big than a guy who uh, will grow out of the position him coming down the line from the second level, uh, taking on blocks. It, it, it pops out on film to me. So, um, you know, with, with, Guys, you said Alabama, Notre Dame, Ohio State coming in. It's clear that uh, Michigan getting in early was was huge. And, um, I mean, knock on wood again, but this is one of those guys who's in state, you, you know, protect your state. And uh, I, it, with all the predictions in Michigan's favor, um, you know, I, I really like the chances. John, I'll give you the final word, my friend. Have at it. Yeah, Burnham's a great prospect. He's so athletic, and he plays all over the field for Traverse City. Lines of a quarterback. He puts up insane stats for them. Uh, you know, running the ball, throwing the ball, tackling, whatever. So he's a really versatile prospect, and I think he's just has whatever you need to be a stud at the next level. It's a good thing that his family raised him to be a Michigan fan because things are just going south with the current team. I feel like if they go one and eight this year or whatever, I feel like he still has a decent shot of landing in Ann Arbor. So it's definitely good to have high level kids like that, that grew up fans of the program. Uh, always something to look forward to uh, in this class. So uh, boys, I appreciate you joining me as always, despite uh, some, some sour news for football, definitely some good news for basketball. So uh, hopefully we can uh, ha- have a pretty balanced show here next week too. So we'll see, but uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Vaughn underscore Lozon. John, where are you at, my friend? At Simmons underscore John. Steven? At Steven Toski. And follow me as a brew on all your favorite social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, you name it, we're probably there. And be sure to rate, subscribe, give us five-star reviews on all of our Maze and Brew podcasts here. Thanks again for listening. We will be back next week.